I'm Kristen Busquette, and I've been a full-time creator for over three years and have brought in over $350,000 from sponsored posts and content creation collaborations with brands so far. Social Scoop is the podcast where we teach you, the entrepreneurial creator, to turn your online influence and creativity into a profitable, self-sustaining business. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Social Scoop Podcast. My name is Kristen Busquet, and as always, I'm so excited that you're here. I think I'm the most excited today, though, because it is a Thursday, and typically, you guys don't hear from me on Thursdays, and you're probably wondering what I'm doing here today. So we have some news for you. You will now be able to catch us two times per week, our regularly scheduled episodes every Tuesday and an exclusive coaching call episode every Thursday with a member of the Social Suite community. So today I'm here with someone that I just love so much, my lovely student, Megan. She is a creator who shares the best local recommendations and moving tips for millennials in the San Diego area. So if you're interested in getting your free one-on-one podcast coaching call, you can become a member of our private membership community and then you can get your call. So without further ado, let's dive into it. Megan, I'm so excited that you're here today. (laughs) Hi, Kristen. Thanks so much for having me. I am thrilled to get to take part in your podcast. I am one of your avid listeners and we've been together for like a year now. And so it seems fitting. (laughs) It does. It does. I was like, I'm so excited the first one's going to be with you because I feel like we really have like gone from zero to a hundred or at least you have gone from zero to a hundred. And I feel Mm -hmm. like I've just been like holding your hand along the way. So it's been so cool to just watch all of your success. I love it. So today we had three different topics that we wanted to talk about um, that you had kind of felt like you're struggling with a little bit and some roadblocks that you're running into. The first of those being making a plan for consistent income. So like, give me a little bit more tea on this. Yeah. So you and I have talked about this um, on our last call and frequently, which you're great at giving advice for is like, I find that for me in particular, my like busy season is the summer. Like I have no shortage of collaborations and work to do over the summer and then hits, you know, that awkward in between of September and October. And it seems like there's no collaborations. There's no work. I'm applying for things. I'm sending emails. There's nothing there for me to do. And so it's, you know, kind of terrifying to be in that place to try and increase your income and get it consistent and then have those months where you're like, this doesn't help me at all. And so then to have to kind of like plan ahead to let those summer months be blossoming and amazing and not letting myself freak out about the months where there isn't anything to do or things just aren't going the way I thought they would. And so, yeah, yeah, that's been like a consistent struggle for me to try and figure out how do I accurately plan ahead for those things and how do I continue to keep work coming during those inevitable slow seasons. I mean, I think this is one of the biggest things that creators who are full-time struggle with because as any freelancer in any industry at the end of the day, like there's always going to be times of year that are slower. And I think it's really interesting for you as a creator saying like this, like fall holiday time is actually really slow for me because I think a lot of creators just assume Mm -hmm. that this is, for everyone, this is the busiest time of year. And like, there are definitely some people where it's not, I know, even like, 
thinking about different niches, like for example, fitness, you know, like fitness Mm -hmm. is, you know, maybe people are buying things for gifts now, whatever, but like new year, new me, like January, February is going to be the biggest time for fitness. So every niche does have like a, a, you know, a time of year that's going to be busier, obviously, you know, with where you live in San Diego Mm -hmm. and obviously what you're talking about, all these summer activities and like things to do. I feel like that makes sense that it slows down a little bit during holiday time because so many people are just Mm -hmm. like home for the holidays versus like doing all of their fun travels now. Um, Yeah. So, and also people like maybe don't have as much money to spend on all of these experiences that you're sharing Mm -hmm. because they're off like buying gifts for everyone. (laughs) So first of all, I don't think, you know, it's out of the ordinary that it is a slow time for you. Every Mm -hmm. niche is going to have a slow time. So I guess my first question for you, what are the things that you're new, you're doing now for income? Because I want to talk a little bit about like diversifying your income a little bit. Yeah. So I, at your suggestion, um, a couple of months ago started being more consistent about offering continued services to local businesses, which is a large portion of where my income from, um, influencing comes from is from local businesses. And, um, So I've gotten together a program that's a UGC program for local businesses, um, for those that are struggling to keep up, you know, running their business, uh, managing their employees and managing their social media, where I don't necessarily want to take on a social media management role, but I'm much more able to help them create reels, especially that seem to be more difficult where those business owners don't have time to be scrolling through uh, Instagram to find. Yeah trending sounds and all that and like know what to do with them and take their own clips. And so that's been something that's been consistently bringing me in money. Um, That's been really great that I want to continue to do. I'm working on revamping that for 2023 to be at a little more um, of a higher cost as I get busier because at the beginning it was like, I just need clients that want to try this with me and kind of help me tweak it. And I've just gotten so much more interest than I ever thought I would with it. So I want to tweak it to make it special for each of those clients to say like, this is my dedicated time for you, for your business to help you grow. I don't have 300 clients like this, you know, massive agency, like this is for you for San Diego because I want to see you be successful. Um, And so, and also having that reciprocation too. Sorry, that was a long winded answer. No, it makes sense. It makes sense. That's one of those big things. And then doing one-off partnerships too with local businesses is another large portion of that um, where it's direct promotion on my page. Um, I had a couple for November that were great. Um, So November is picking back up a little bit, thankfully. Okay. Um, And let's see. Uh, In addition to working with local businesses, I'm also applying to campaigns on, you know, Aspire, um, Activate, some of those. Um, I don't tend to get those super frequently, I think, because my niche is, is pretty concentrated to like San Diego, right. Southern California, like travel, that kind of stuff. Um, but I do tend to get fun ones, which are really nice. Like this summer, I did a Sour Patch Kids one that was That's really right, awesome yeah. and fun. And so um, things like that will come along as long as I can, I think, express in my pitch, like this is why reaching a San Diego audience is important for you and your product. Um, so yeah. those are going those are going fine. Um, so that's one of the things okay. too is actively seeking those opportunities. And also this year I started an Etsy shop with local um, goods that I'm getting made by um, local 
artists and local businesses too. So I have tote bags that I'm offering. I also am like literally today launching a San Diego local business advent calendar that I was so excited about. Uh, So that's going to be big. And so that's been a good, really neat way to connect further with um, my audience as well is to kind of listen to what they're asking for and being able to kind of fill that gap where all of these um, items that I'm creating also directly give back to the community and community initiatives like um, homelessness and employing at-risk youth. And um, so it's a really cool way to be able to like support my community by supporting others in the community. Yeah. I love that. So it obviously sounds like you have diversified your income. You know, you have the UGC where you're creating content for companies, you have your sponsored work and you have product as well. So when you say that like right now is really slow, is it Mm -hmm. mostly just sponsored stuff? Like are the other, I mean, obviously you're like, you're just getting started with the Etsy shop and everything. So maybe we don't Mm -hmm. count that just yet, but with the UGC stuff, is that slow for you right now as well? Um, I would say it's not necessarily slow. I think, well, okay, it is, but it's my fault that it's slow. (laughs) So because I'm trying to like revamp it for um, 2023, I'm going to start new plans um, for that at a higher price point. So I was trying to not renew my current contracts until I have my new ones set up and ready to go. um, With that new price point. So I've been trying to let my old contracts expire. Um, to be able to start fresh in the new year. Um, but yeah, okay. so then I am mostly referring to like brand partnerships as that is, I would say that's the the largest source of income. It's not necessarily right. the most work that I'm doing, but it's the highest paid by far. So, you know, yeah. local brands too, like just don't have the capital to be spending on, you know, big partnerships right. like Sour Patch Kids do. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. So I'll, I'll be totally honest. I'm actually in a really similar situation. For me, my sponsored work is where I make a majority of my income. But I also again, I have the coaching, I have digital products and things mm-hmm. like that as well, um, which stay pretty consistent throughout the year, but it's not enough to live on on its own. So I totally understand the struggle. Now, for me in this situation, typically, I mean, the first thing I do is obviously, like you said, in the beginning, you know, having some sort of savings to to fall back on on these times that are going to be slow, because no matter who you are, you could have a million followers, it doesn't matter, you're going to have times of year that are just slower than others. um, Because different brands are working at different paces, they have different budgets at different times of year, like it's, it's inevitable, it's always going to happen. So having income prepared, you know, to be able to pay your bills is obviously going to be the best option. Um, But also leaning on those other things in the times when it is slow. So for me, uh, for sponsored posts right now, I know it's like the end of the year, a lot of brands aren't going to be starting like big partnerships for December right now. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of people who are doing stuff in December who are spending brands that are spending all this money in December, have mostly like got their plans already figured out. So like when we're starting new partnerships now, a lot of them are going to be like, okay, we're getting ready for the new year, we're getting ready for January. So for me right now, I'm not really like spending a lot of time trying to make new relationships for partnerships right now because it's just a crazy time of year mm-hmm. for everyone. Um, I guess when people are listening to this, it will actually be January. So if it were, you know, in a not so crazy time of year, that is the <laughs> time when I would say, okay, like, if this is my 
if this is where my biggest source of income is, is these partnerships, then I need to make sure that I am leaning into that even more if I feel like I'm, I'm behind from having maybe a slow couple of months in November and December. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, like where, look at how you're spending your time and your day, you know, like where are the hours going? Because I know for me, like maybe I'm not spending enough time in my day creating relationships with brands, which is a lot of the times mm-hmm. maybe why I'm not getting partnerships or maybe I'm not spending a lot of time interacting with my audience or planning really great content. I'm just like kind of throwing stuff up there and like, you know, letting mm-hmm. my audience just like fend for themselves. And so <laughs> I'm not spending the hours that I should be on certain tasks that I know are going mm-hmm. to in turn make me money. So I think it really comes down to like, look at your day and, and see where your hours are going. Like, are you spending way too much time on stuff that's maybe not making you a lot of money and just Mm -hmm. neglecting the thing that is obviously in that situation like maybe you need to outsource um maybe you need to reevaluate again where you are spending your time um but I think Mm -hmm. for a lot of people like maybe if sponsorships are where you're making the money the most money but like your Etsy shop is like where you're super excited about right now you want to pour all your time and energy into the Etsy shop but we have to still do what's going to consistently make us money, you know, like, and that's why I say Mm -hmm. outsourcing might be like a great option. Like, what are those tasks for your, you know, sponsored stuff that you can actually hand off to someone else that is going to still make sure your money's coming in, but Mm -hmm. make you be able to actually still spend that time on like, the Etsy shop again, if that's like where you're most Mm -hmm. excited about right now. Um, So that might be something to kind of look into. And I think that's totally like what it is, is like, I got like super gung ho excited about (laughs) um, the advent calendar. And so I spent hours and hours and hours and hours like talking with local businesses, sourcing the gifts for the box, pricing it out. Like I did all of the packaging, like everything is me and I love it and it brings me joy. And it's also like keeping me off of screens for a couple hours a day, which has been really nice, nice, which I think will tie into one of my later questions of like creating that like downtime. (laughs) Um, But I think you're right. Is like, okay, so then how do I make those systems for myself to not neglect what is complementing that income from the stuff that does like give me that spark of like alternative creativity right like we all want to do the fun stuff but like I feel like Mm -hmm. it's it's like one of those things where like okay you have to do your homework before you have where you go have fun (laughs) with your friends you know like all right you have to do the stuff that's like mandatory and like priority to make Mm -hmm. money and then you can spend the time you know and hopefully at one Mm -hmm. point maybe at the scale tips where the Etsy shop is where you're making a bulk your money and you're like sick I got to like make all these fun products (laughs) and like you know and and I think a lot of creators are leaning towards doing things that are more like that because we know the longer we go on the more we Mm -hmm. realize sponsor posts just aren't they're not consistent they're not consistent Mm -hmm. and it's a lot of work to maintain consistent collaborations and even when you're putting in all that work it's still not consistent so you know at the end of the day um if you can have a source of income that's not sponsored posts that can pay your bills solely i think that's a great situation to be in um but one thing you also wanted to talk about today was um creating personal space to prevent burnout and i think kind of what we're talking about now almost like slides Mm -hmm. into that really nicely um 
So I want to talk about that a little bit more because I think a lot of creators listening, again, like we have so many ideas, we have so many things we want to do and so many things we have to do that we're just like, how are there <laughs> enough hours in the day? They're just like, aren't. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I know that everyone feels that way. So um, I want to kind of like share a couple of things for, I guess, like when I feel like I'm getting burned out, like I, you can start <laughs> like recognizing the symptoms after it's like happened to you a couple of times. Um, sometimes I feel like it's tough because it's, you almost don't realize it sometimes until you're in it. And that's yeah. a, a tough situation to be in. But I think when you're, you know, an entrepreneur and you're go, 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 and you have all these projects you're so excited about, sometimes it just hits you in the face and you're like, whoa, I like took it a little too far. So one thing that I would say, and I think this is like super uh, like relevant with different feelings as well, like anxiety or like depression, things like that, recognizing like when you are feeling that way and like actually letting yourself feel that way for a minute and like acknowledging mm-hmm. that it's happening. Cause sometimes you're like, no, I'm not burnt out. It's fine. Like I'm just tired today. Like then the next day you're like, Oh, I got so much to do. Like I don't have time to like think about this. And before you know it, it's been weeks and weeks and weeks of you being like, it's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm not fine. I am burnt mm-hmm. out. And that's what I'm saying. It kind of slaps <laughs> you in the face. So like recognizing it when it's first happening and actually like giving yourself a minute to be like, okay, I think I'm burn, burning out. I'm in the process of mm-hmm. burning out at this moment. And I need to like back up and, and reevaluate what I'm doing because I'm, I'm like this close to being in like a bad situation. <laughs> and you can't mm-hmm. pour from an empty cup, you know? Like, how are you yeah. supposed to work on this advent calendar? How are you supposed to mm-hmm. pitch to brands? How are you supposed to take all this content for UGC when you are literally like running on, on empty, you know? Um. So that's kind of the first thing. Second thing too, I think, and this is like similar to what we were just talking about with like kind of reevaluating your strategy. Um, you know, like, are you, are there things that you're doing right now that maybe are not like helping your, your bottom line or things that you're prioritizing now that maybe are not yet helping your bottom line? I think for, for you with this advent calendar project, it was probably, really tough to like even have the chance to evaluate reevaluate a strategy because you need to get it out in time for the holidays right (laughs) yeah you know so Mm -hmm. like you don't have a lot of time to kind of like get that out is that like what you would say you experienced yeah and so I think that it was like the I got caught up in the like and I'm I'm really proud of what I made like it's beautiful I'm so excited about it but it turned out to be so much of my time was spent making sure that I had everything that I needed for that rather than like, you know, prepping content and like batching content in advance to like, you know, get TikToks ready and um, all that kind of stuff where it's like all of my time was going towards emails and Amazon purchases and like Mm -hmm. trips to Michael's like um, (laughs) to try and get all the things that I needed for that. Um, And it's like one of those hard things where it's like, okay, that made me really happy. But now I feel like I'm playing from behind um, where it's like, okay, so now like the rest of my commitment suffered because I spent so much time on the fun stuff. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. And I don't, I'm not sure if you feel this way too. And maybe it's like a personality trait that, you know, some people feel and some people don't, but I know for me, like whenever I have a new project in mind, like I've been thinking about redesigning my website and I'm like, I need to do it today. Like, I can't wait. I have to do it today. I feel like, and, and I, 
if it's not done in like a couple of days, I'm just like, I feel horrible. I'm like, dang, I really wanted to do this. It's not done. Like, I don't know what it is, but sometimes I just do not allow myself the accurate amount of time that it realistically would take to do something, mm-hmm. you know, like something like launching a new course or something or launching, you mm-hmm. know, again, like a, a product or whatever it is. Sometimes I'm like, I just want to hurry up and get it out. And I think <laughs> in some situations, that's good. Because if you wait too long, then you're like waiting for it to be perfect. And it's never perfect. So you never put it out. But then in some situations, you end up again in that cycle of like, oh, my God, I have to hurry up and get this done. There's so much to be done. And I have to spend all my time on this. Like, you know, like you get so wrapped Mm -hmm. up in this project because it has to be done. You know, like you want it done in a certain amount of time. But realistically, I think, obviously, again, for future reference, when you don't have like super hard deadlines of when you need things to be done for a certain season, Mm -hmm. I feel like realistically sitting down and saying like, how long does each of these things how long are these going to take me and then also let's set some time aside for like what could go wrong you know like what Mm -hmm. if I have you know all my other things to do and then I'm doing this and then this goes wrong like that's going to add a couple days Mm -hmm. on to this so like I think allowing yourself more time in that versus like what you think is reasonable you know, like, what's the worst that's gonna happen, you have a little extra time, and you get to like Mm -hmm. promote it a little bit further. Um, So that's something I'm, I'm trying to learn even myself. Um, Again, like, I'm I'm building a course right now. And I'm just like, I want to do it all in a week, you know, (laughs) like, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I think those are all, you know, reevaluating your strategy when you can, um, recognizing those feelings when they're happening. And then also, like, outsourcing and setting hard boundaries, mm-hmm. um, I think are, are super important as well. Again, we talked about outsourcing. Um, I think that's so, so, so important because you can't do it all yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you're essentially running three businesses right now with one person. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> you know, but like we all do it. We all do it. But yeah. again, I, I think for your mental health, like maybe, you know, having some time in your day for like, I'm going to spend an hour a day, like sourcing candidates for, you know, a VA Mm -hmm. position or whatever it is. But then again, you are going to be able to make more money to pay this person, but also to keep running your business because you have someone helping you now, you know, you can put your energy into things that you need to do. We're all like the tedious, stupid stuff that anyone can do. You're get you're handing Mm -hmm. off. Um, That's been one of the best decisions I've made this year is outsourcing. So that might Mm -hmm. be something to look into as well. Yeah, definitely. So the last thing that you wanted to talk about here um, that we can kind of chat about quickly uh, is negotiating contracts. And I'm going to use your exact (laughs) words here because I loved it. How to negotiate contracts like a boss bitch who knows what she's doing, even if she doesn't feel like it. (laughs) I think you just described like how everyone listening feels about contracts. (laughs) Um, So, okay like kind of question to ponder on for a second but let me know if you do have any answer off the top of your head what's like a situation that you feel really confident in just in general in life in business whatever (laughs) um like what's a situation that you're like I got this (laughs) this is gonna make me sound so nerdy and you're gonna laugh but I'm a double English major and so I'm like really confident like speaking in front of groups I am confident in like my linguistics so that's something that I like don't ever doubt myself on so why like really simplistic answer here why why are you confident about that 
because I feel like I've gotten the like experience and education and training that goes into like knowing what I'm doing. You literally just like, you answered my question perfectly. (laughs) That was the exact answer I was looking for. So when you are educated on something, when you've Mm -hmm. had the experiences, you feel confident, right? Like that's the only reason why I'm confident with contracts is because I've read through about a hundred of my own, if not more, Mm -hmm. but I've also read through all of my students and I've seen all of these different experiences that you guys go through and that I go through and my friends go through. So having your your toes dipped into all of these different things and all these different experiences, of of course, is going to make you feel more confident. So that going that being said I mean at the end of the day I think just practice (laughs) is obviously going to be the the first obvious Mm -hmm. answer here but like taking the time to and I know you're already doing this but for other people listening Mm -hmm. taking the time to educate yourself on contracts like if you keep just getting contracts and being like I don't know what any of this is I'm just gonna sign (laughs) it that's not helping you in the least right you know like you Mm -hmm. need to understand what every situation what every clause in that contract actually means um so educating yourself i think is Mm -hmm. the first step you're gonna feel so much better when you know what that stuff means that's literally that's why people get nervous about contracts is because scary because it's very intimidating to -hmm. again like see a bunch of jibber jabber language that you're like what is any of this right so educating yourself Um, but also like understanding your value. And I know that like, Mm -hmm. when we first started working together, this was like something that we had talked about, like, you as a creator are just like, this is just like a fun job, you know, like, I know, (laughs) it's like, I know I have followers and everything. But like, you know, when you really started seeing like, wow, I'm getting a lot of like questions, and I'm getting a lot Mm -hmm. of people watching and comments, like, you start to see that as as valuable, right? Like, do you feel like you went through the shift where there was like a point where you're like, okay, I'm valuable and I get it now. Yeah. Well, and I think even like, um, you know, the, the interaction of like people asking questions and wanting to learn from you and glean from you. Like, I think that that's one of the things that shows that, but I think too, like once I started to get good contracts and like big offers that made me so much more, um, understanding of like, if this brand of a similar size is able to make this offer to me, I know that someone else can make that same offer, if not better. And so I think that that's almost like a blessing and a curse to be like, I know that I have this value because I know that these people paid me this, but now I'm, you know, (laughs) pissed because this other brand that I know can pay me doesn't want to pay me. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And it's hard because in some situations, like they genuinely don't have the funds to be able to pay you. But sometimes you're like, I know that you do. What's the problem here? And here's the thing, too, that's important to remember, like, many brands, when they send you a contract, they're expecting you to redline this contract. Like, most brands send you a contract they're not expecting for you to be like perfect signed and done here you go like you're gonna read through it again once you're educated and you understand Mm -hmm. all of it you're gonna read through it and probably have some things that you're gonna want to change and again I think that all comes through experiences whether it's you know being in the membership and learning through other people's bad experiences Mm -hmm. sometimes or your own bad experiences or my bad experiences but like seeing what can happen when you're not understanding and you're just signing things, mm-hmm. I think is the best lesson. But those yeah. brands are expecting you to look through the contract and say like, these things need to change. Mm-hmm. So I think going into it, knowing it's okay to have things to change and like, 
in mm-hmm. fact, most times I think it's encouraged because again, they're yeah. looking out for themselves when they're creating a contract. They're not necessarily looking out for you. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I would say to kind of like wrap this negotiation kind of thing up my top three tips that I've learned in the last few years first things first like don't be afraid to say no and and know when to walk away so like if there are situations Mm -hmm. where you get a contract and it's like just really like it's not (laughs) it's not beneficial to you there are so many things like slid in there that when you try and push back on it they're like "Mm, no we can't change that if it's just like you're getting that feeling in your gut that like this they're taking advantage of me Mm -hmm. I don't feel good about this walk away like you know say no I know it's scary in those situations because you don't want to say no to someone who's offering you any money Mm -hmm. especially again when we're talking about slow seasons and things like that but like you you need to know your value at a certain point, but sometimes when you walk away and say no, that's when they come back and they're like, all right, fine, we'll change these things. You're like, okay, like it's not mm-hmm. so bad, fine, we'll change it. Because if they want you bad enough, especially if they're reaching out to you, if they want you bad enough, yeah. they'll change what they need to change. You know, they'll they'll mm-hmm. be reasonable. Um, I would also say like having reasoning for your your asks kind of like a backup mm-hmm. as, as to say you know like I'm asking for this because this or like I deserve this because this or I need this taken out of the contract because this instead of just mm-hmm. being like oh I saw this girl on TikTok who like said to take that out um, <laughs> yeah I need this out of the contract like if you can come in and say I need mm-hmm. this out of the contract because x y and z I think it just gives you a little bit more ground to stand on for them mm-hmm. to like argue with you less you know, like yeah. they will argue, as I'm sure you know. <laughs> um, and my last tip I would say is just be reasonable when you are offering options. You know, like if mm-hmm. it's something that is in the contract, like I think about make good posts. If there is like a make good post in there, which is where that brand is going to want you to make another post if it doesn't hit certain, you know, parameters. And all the time they're like way too high. And I don't understand why they do that. <laughs> probably I do understand so they can get another post out of you but you know like if you have a situation like that where you're like okay like I'm not doing this this is not how it works you pushing back and saying like look I don't offer make good posts da 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 but then Mm -hmm. maybe you say like I'm confident we're gonna hit these numbers realistic numbers if we don't I'll pop it onto stories. I'll share it onto stories, mm-hmm. this post or whatever. Like, be reasonable. Obviously, yeah. we don't know what Instagram or what TikTok or any of these platforms, we don't know what they're going to do when they do it. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's always uh, kind of up in the air on how things are going to perform. So again, I think being reasonable on just saying, like, I'm not going to hit your crazy numbers here. So I'm not agreeing <laughs> to that. But like, these are things that realistically, I think I could hit. And if I don't, I'm happy to like, you know, do a little push on stories or something. Mm-hmm. Act like you're, you know, in it for them as well, obviously. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I contracts are hard, though. Like, at the end of the day, I really think it's just the more you do it, the more you get comfortable with mm-hmm. it. And that's why I think something like, you know, a membership community, like what we have is so great, because we are all like, what does this mean? What do I do in this contract? You know, and you're able to learn from other people's experiences. So mm-hmm. even if you're not getting offered a contract right now from a brand, at least you can see what's out there from other people's experiences too. Yeah. And I think one of the things that you taught me that I've been implementing more that seems to be working is like in that beginning negotiation of like pricing is 
offering options like you know when they're asking for yes. like six posts for a hundred dollars you could say i can't do that like six posts would cost this much <laughs> however if the hundred dollars is a sticking point here's what i can do exactly and i've noticed like a good a really good return rate from that is like not is having a variety of options for them to choose from instead of sending emails back and forth three more times before yeah you know, landing on a price, or maybe they choose someone else that offered that before they come back to you three more times. Yeah. I mean, when you're offering someone options, like chances are they're going to take one of them, you know, like Mm -hmm. even just in life, you know, like if, if you're at, (laughs) uh, if you're at, I think about like, I actually learned this when I was working on a salon, I had to like show people that were checking out three different products. Most of the time, 99% of the time, they're not buying all three. But like, if someone's like, these are what your stylist recommends, like, they're all really great. (laughs) You're gonna be like, all right, fine. Well, let me just grab the shampoo or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to buy all of them. But like, you are presented with (laughs) options most of the time you're going to want to pick one so yeah um cool well I hope this was helpful I'm glad we got to check in and talk about some things that I mean not only you I are having frustrations with but I know other people listening are also having frustrations with (laughs) um so thank you so much for being here I really appreciate it yeah thanks for having me Of course. And for anyone listening, if you guys are interested in getting your free one-on-one podcast coaching call, all you have to do is be a member of our private membership community. So you can check that out in the link down below. And we will see you guys next week.